hello and welcome to another episode of In the Woods with Dogs. In this episode, I talk with Keely again for another round of getting to know me, but this time we talk about um, the number of dogs that I own and what it's like to live with all of them. So a little less about the backstories of all the dogs and, and individual stories about all of them and more so just what it's like to live with nine dogs um, and all the things that go into a, having a multi-dog household. Enjoy. All right, this is Keely, and we are back to record part three of Getting to Know Hannah. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how she came about with nine dogs, kind of like her daily routine with them, and how she juggles owning that many animals. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> I have reached a point in my life where when people ask me how many dogs I have, I almost don't want to tell them. Because you sound crazy. Because I sound crazy. And... As much as I love dogs, and I will always work with dogs in some capacity professionally, I have kind of had some self-awareness in the last couple of years of, like, this is a very weird hobby. People are not... Not everyone understands. No, not everybody (laughs) understands, and it's not, like, as cool as I thought it was when I first started getting into dogs, where I thought it was, like, such a flex to be a dog person, and now I'm like, eh, people think that's weird yeah <laughs> so when I tell people I have nine dogs and they, they the face they give me I'm like it's just not really worth explaining anymore <laughs> it's just it's not it's not it but I remember back in the day when I only had three dogs you were like I want more dogs yeah I was in a <laughs> Facebook group called like squad goals multi-dog household whatever and everybody was talking about how they have like 15 dogs and it's usually like confirmation people and disc people for some reason have like $85,000 or $85,000 dogs, $85,000 dogs. Yeah. Um, no, 85,000 dogs. It's like, I don't know. Disc people seem to like dogs and collecting them. Um, but like confirmation people and breeders, obviously, but they have like 15 dogs and I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to be a real dog person until I have a bajillion dogs. I think that is a common misconception. Yeah. And I also only had mixed breeds at the time, too, so there was that little piece of it where I was like, oh, I'm not a real dog person until I have, like, a real purebred dog that's for a purpose. Yeah. Right? So that's part of that's part of how I ended up getting as many dogs as I have is because I was constantly searching for that dog that was going to, like, make me who I was. Yep. Okay, so that kind of leads me to my first question. Without like, How what? did I get here? Yep. Without, like, diving into every single story of every dog, yep. how, how did you come yep. to find yourself non-dogs? So, my first dog, I was a normal person when I got Amos. That was, uh, like, I wasn't even a dog trainer. I was just a dog lover. And I just knew I wanted a dog. We were in a position. We were living in a duplex in northeast Minneapolis. And our landlord lived below us. And he was a cool guy. And um, this is with my ex-husband. And I was like, I'm just going to ask him. If he cares. Like, when we signed the lease, it originally said no dogs. We had two cats. Like, I'm just going to ask him. I think that's the only thing that's, like, keeping us from living here longer is that we want to move and get a dog. So I did. And, and he came back and he was like, you know, that's actually okay. Like, like adjust your lease, whatever. You can get a dog. Here's the parameters. So we got Amos. And that was a very, like, we are adults now. This is what you do. You get a dog. And then... I just ended up into my second and third dog because I worked at the animal hospital and I had already been, um, 
I had been moving towards the direction of becoming a dog trainer. I considered myself a dog trainer, but I wasn't fully professional at that point. Um, and both my second and third dog, Finn and Roxy, and I don't have Finn anymore, um, were going to be put down. And so they just kind of ended up needing a place to be. And they were like six months apart. Um, and so I took Finn in thinking I was going to rehome him very naively and realized he was too much of a handful. Same with, with Roxy. I didn't realize. I underestimated how hard it would be to find placement for a dog with a bite history. Yeah. Um, and so they ended up just staying. And I wanted them. You know, I didn't feel like it was a, a burden. I really was excited about having new dogs. And Roxy was super fun because she's super athletic and super driven. So she felt like this is the type of dog that I want and it's going to get me into stuff. Um, and then it just ended up that I kept falling into dogs that needed homes. And um, I didn't really have a purpose. Like, what I didn't have a goal for any of the dogs that I had. So I didn't really have... Like, nowadays, I get offered dogs or asked to take dogs is a better way to say it. Yeah. I get asked to take dogs a lot. Um, and I say no. Or I end up with fosters like Brew yeah. here. People ask all the time, are you going to keep him? Like, no, he has no reason to be here. Yeah. You know, I, I, have a, I have an idea of the type of dogs that I want to own now. And I didn't back then. So... You to just me. took whatever back Yep, then. I just took whatever because yep. I just didn't have any purpose for my dogs besides companionship. And so I very quickly ended up with four dogs. There was a joke for a while that I was averaging a new dog every six months. <laughs> um, so Amos was on purpose. Then I got three that were client rehomes. Then kind of client rehomes. Finn and Roxy were from the animal hospital, but private surrenders, I guess we can call them. Then I put Finn down, and that is when I started thinking, like, okay, four was an okay number for me, three feels strange, so I have a spot open, and I, that is when I started getting more into um, the concept of dog sports. I was further along in my training experience just by a couple of years, and so that's when I started opening my mind up to potentially buying a dog for a purpose other than companionship. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started talking to Kamikaze's breeder and started planning on getting a German Shepherd. Um, and so I did get her, but in the meantime, I got another private surrender. His name was Atticus. I don't have him anymore. I ended up rehoming him after two years um, just because he was too nice of a dog. I just didn't, like, there was no reason for him to be here with me. Someone else could benefit more. Yeah, and I just, I didn't have as much of a connection. When I agreed to take him, it's because I liked him, and I just was kind of excited about the idea of a new dog. Like, there's, there was, for a very long time, there was just like a, just that, like, instant gratification of a new dog yep. was just really satisfying, and now it's not as much for me. <laughs> like, I've done that too many times. So, um, then I had five dogs for a while. And that ended up being okay. Six, when I got Bauer, Bauer was just another private surrender, but that opportunity was too cool. And um, he didn't have anywhere else to go. Like, all these dogs, it was like, <laughs> there's nowhere else. Like, they either have shit that they can't just go to a rescue or be easily rehomed, or they're a yak terrier and they can't just go to a rescue or be easily rehomed. So, now... 
nowadays, I would have said, we can find a place. <laughs> like, we can make this happen. But back then, I was like, oh, it's hopeless. They have nowhere to go. And I agreed to take them. So then after that, the dogs that I started getting were more intentional for the most part. Um, like Cade was another private surrender that I got after a couple of dogs. Um, but I just really liked him. Like he just, he really does fit in with what I have going on here. Even though I don't have like a specific purpose, there's just something about that dog that I really, really enjoy. And he's one that I would be upset if I, and for a while, like I think he could be rehomed now. Um, he does have some shit that makes him a little bit harder to live with. Um, and it's hard to know if that would show back up or how quickly that would show back up in an environment where he has less structure. Yeah. Um, but so for the most part, the dogs that are here, I have very strong connections with or they're here and or they're here for a purpose. Like all of my dogs, I feel very strongly about. There are a few that at this point in their lives, they could go live somewhere else. And I'm not opposed to that idea, but I'm not actively pursuing that either. Yeah. Um, so then it just became like, you know, cash obviously came with Kyle. Um, easy was Kyle's dog, um, or Kyle's purchase, I suppose. That was an important dog for him to get. Um, but now we're getting much more picky. Like we are Kyle more than me, <laughs> um, which is probably a good thing. I think if it were up to me, I would be way in over my head with dogs. Um, but I do just in general, I feel like I have a little bit more of a filter for what type of dogs can stay in yep. and what what needs to be here and what can move on. Like yeah. Brew, five years ago, would have kept him in a heartbeat. Like he's a super nice dog, but I just don't, like as much as I enjoy spending time with him, he doesn't do much for me because there's nothing, you know, specifically unique about like, oh, that is a dog that suits me really well. Yeah. So, I mean... There's only so many hours in the day. How do you take care of all of them? Do you have like a daily routine that you follow that like helps hold you accountable or that you, is there yeah. a structure that works best for you having that many dogs or how yeah. do you handle that all? I think the biggest thing that helps and I think sometimes like especially non-dog people when I tell them I have nine dogs because most people that just have a couple of dogs, their dogs are free roaming for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Unless you have a working dog, most people's dogs just kind of free roam. Yeah. Or on or on a or are on a very loose crate and rotate. Yeah. But the the concept of crate and rotate is usually pretty far back in people's heads. Um, but that's what goes on here. So my dogs are crated except for a couple. They're either in kennels, like in runs, or they're in crates majority of their day. Um, and for me, it's more important to me that my dog, my dogs get quality of outings than just quantity. Yeah. You know, like to me, there's no difference if a dog is in the properly fitted crate with the properly tight, like the right kind of bedding and, you know, they're physically comfortable and safe. To me, it's like, what's the difference between a dog sleeping in a crate and a dog sleeping on a couch, couch yeah. you know? Other than they can get up and adjust a little bit more often, but I've been, my dogs have been living this kind of created lifestyle for a few years now, and I have not seen any decline in their mental well-being, because when they do come out, they're on 300 acres. Yeah. You know, like some of my dogs haven't seen leashes in months. Like I, 
unless they had to go somewhere for some reason, they haven't had a leash on them. Um, and an hour spent free running with the amount of stuff that comes through here and the, the stimulation that they get just from existing out here, um, that hour is more than I could have ever given them in the cities. Like in the yeah. cities, I definitely felt more guilt and I had to work harder to make sure that they spent time outside. Um, and I do have a rule that every dog has to touch grass at least once a day. So, and that's sometimes, some days that's harder than others, but even if it's just like 20 minutes of being outside, um, cause they don't go out for potty breaks in a yard. Um, they're in runs. So, but they're, they're crated most of the day and I let them out a few times a day. And every potty break, they're at least out there for five, ten minutes because there's so many of them that I have to rotate. Right. Um, and if I have client dogs, then that's a bigger rotation as well. So at le- they get out and they at least stretch their legs a few times a day. And then I try to get them out either in the mornings or in the evenings um, before their last let out so that they can actually run. And they do. And that's the thing, like... They don't come out, like, I think people who have dogs, like these guys, you know, like, they're used to just being around a lot. So, like, when they come out, they kind of mosey for the most part, and they're just, like, cool, and they just kind of trot around because they're used to just being out all the time. My dogs come out, and they run hard. Yeah. (laughs) And so they know, like, this is my one opportunity to, like, push my body, get myself that exercise, and they take advantage of that. And so, you know, obviously we go weeks maybe not weeks, we go days, we may have weeks that they get out less because of weather or whatever, right. or a busy schedule, but my dogs are so, like, they're at a point now, we don't have any dogs that are needing constant feedback from me, like, everybody is over the age of two at this point, everybody is where they need to be training-wise, um, Easy's the only dog that's still, like, developing, as far as his training goals and, and the activities that he does. But for that, it is nothing like developing like a puppy for Schutzend or right, something. You know, right. like a two-year-old dog, a two-year-old German Shepherd would be like just picking up the hard shit and would be ex- holding a lot of expectation. And none of my dogs are at that, that phase right now. Um, and so that makes things a lot easier. I did have to have like hard conversations with myself and like pep talks of like you don't have to train your dogs every day like they don't need to be trained any more than they are like they they live on 300 acres they rarely see other dogs or other people yeah it's not like they're in situations where they have to be well-mannered so they're trained to a degree where they can function safely and happily and that's kind of it. If I want to take them out and do more with them, I will. Um, but they don't really, I don't like, people have asked me like, how long does, how much time do you spend working your dogs every day? Like I yeah, literally right. don't. <laughs> like If you did it with every dog, like you would have no, you would have no time for yourself. Right. That and that's, would just be burning. You would be burning yourself out oh, yeah. so quickly. Yep. And so. And it would be unnecessary for so yep. many of the dogs. Because yep. like you said, most of them are just here. Yeah. They don't need to know how to do. Yeah, they don't a handful even... of random things to right live here. Right, and honestly, this type of lifestyle, I've seen significant behavior changes in some of my dogs just simply being in a situation where it's like 
they don't have opportunities to get their buttons pushed throughout yeah. the day because they're in a crate. And it's just they're low not, expectation. Yep, they're not bumping into each other, getting pissed off. That's why I mentioned Cade. Like, I don't know what Cade would be like in a less structured environment because he doesn't have any opportunities to really get triggered here. Right. He might every once in a while. Like, when it's really hot and I don't really feel like running the dogs, like taking them for walks, I'll throw kitty pools out and just sit in my chair and, and let the dogs free roam. And they can just go wherever they want. And within reason, obviously, I don't want them all the way in the back of the property. Yeah. A half mile away from me. But they just hang out. And so every once in a while, you'll see tiffs kind of like flare up here and there just because they're sitting in the same general area for an hour versus running for an hour. Um, but even that is so much more mild than it, it would have been, I think, if we lived in the cities. Like Roxy... Her behavior towards strangers has changed drastically from being out here because, like, I can let her out and just let her run right up to a group of people now without being so, I still supervise her, but I'm not, like, clutching my pearls, like, oh, she's going to bite somebody, yeah. you know? I'm just like, eh, she's got enough space. She can move she away, can move away and yeah. yeah, like, and she's just, everybody, nobody's, like, in a deficit as far as their mental well-being anymore because when they come out, they have all their needs met. Yeah. So... As far as routine, it's really just potty breaks and feeding. And, and I have ADHD, so my routine in general, and just the lifestyle that I live. I don't really have a rigid routine because I don't have a regular job. Um, and so that is one thing that has made this really nice, too, is that my dogs are not super – they don't have a lot of expectations for certain times of day. Um, that's, like, half intentional and half ADHD that I could feed them at 8 p.m. or I could feed them at 2 p.m. Yeah. Um, I usually stick within a few hours, but some days I'm gone all day and all of my dogs are adults so they can hold it. I try not to make a habit of being gone for 12 hours, but I've had days where I was gone for 12 hours and they, they can deal. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I still have moments where I feel a little bit guilty, but I, I do have to remember like they still have a better life. Then I would say any household in the city, even with two dogs, probably has. Yes. Um, I've also significantly improved their lives by getting my rotations down. So I used to have four rotations with the dogs that we own. Um, and now I have two or three, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Like dogs you get out together. Yep. So groups that can get along. Yep. Um, I'm down to dogs that I really only have, like Bauer and the Shepherds cannot be out together. Biggie and the other dogs requires more supervision, but it could be done. With Bauer and the Shepherds, it's like an instant fight. So that's like a hard no. Those yeah. dogs cannot ever, like if that mistake happens, it's going to be a fight. Yeah. But like with Biggie and the other dogs, it's not going to be an instant fight. It's just that he doesn't have relationships with them as much. And just the type of dog that he is, there's more of a likelihood that he's not going to get along. Um, when he was a puppy, he, he spent time with them. But when he got about eight, nine months old and I started seeing him starting getting a little more macho and pushing the limits a little bit more, I just pulled him because I didn't want to... I wanted there to be no relationship at all so that I could maybe manufacture a relationship later versus yeah. having a bad relationship with those dogs. Um, but now it's just like, it's just easier to keep everybody separate. 
Um, Bauer does get along with everybody else, especially if they're running around the, on the farm. But the thing with Bauer is he's just not going to say no to a fight if one presents <laughs> itself. Um, and he does have a, a very low threshold for aggression. So he has started things up for what seems like no reason just because he got bumped into funny. And sometimes I just, even though he hasn't had an issue in a very long time, I still have to be more aware of everybody when Bauer's out. And it's just sometimes easier just to keep him separate because I just don't feel like tiptoeing that day. I don't want to be, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm like on edge, but the, there's a different type of feeling of like, oh, these dogs for sure are probably not going to fight versus mm, there's like, one bye. dog that might and yeah. I need to pay attention to him. But it used to be that Bauer didn't get along with any of those dogs and I had the two shepherds and then I also for a while for maybe I didn't have four. I think I just had three. What am I thinking of? Oh, for a while I didn't have Biggie and Kamikaze out together because no. they weren't getting along very well because Biggie was being such a turd. Um, <laughs> but I think that was an, an unnecessary split in hindsight, but it didn't hurt anything. Um, so now it no longer, like if I decide that I want to, especially in the fall and winter when it's easier to get in the woods and I can do longer walks because it's not so hot and there's not as many bugs, now it only takes me like three hours to exercise the dogs fully instead of four or five. Um, I still usually have client dogs and I have brew. Brew doesn't run with my other dogs. I keep Brew separate. Brew's met a couple of them, but I, for the most part, keep them separate. So it still takes me a very long time, but um, usually I don't do that every single day. Usually if right. I'm going to run them and give them like a full hour of being in the woods, that's like a day that I'm like, okay, I am ready. Or right. I just want to be. I right. just feel like being out in the woods. Oh, yeah. Like and I'm devoting I've, the whole day to that. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And I do have to plan around it and... Um, so yeah, but otherwise like the day to day, it's, it's not that hard, but it's definitely more chaotic. Like if I have people that come to stay with the dogs when we're out of town, right? it's nice that my dogs are so used to the routine now that somebody else can come in and do it pretty easily. But I know like even for Amber, when she watches the dogs, it's still more chaos than she's used to because yeah. her dogs can just go out in the backyard together. Right. So, um, from an outside perspective, it's definitely more work, but I would say potty breaks probably take 15 minutes, um, maybe less, depending on the day. So it's not too bad. All right, so you mentioned earlier that at least going forward, all your dogs that you're getting are going to be very intentional and have a purpose. Um, so what are you looking for like yeah. to add another dog? And would that maybe require you downsizing the pack that you have now? Sure. So I've definitely hit a point where the number of dogs that I have is reaching about my limit. Um, I think like this isn't exactly what you asked me, but I do get asked this a lot. Like what, is, what would I say is my ideal number and how do I, you know, how do I balance that against the desire to have more dogs um technically I think my ideal number is like four but I think I'd be really bored now if I had four if I only had four dogs right. when I had four that felt like a really good number though like that was such a good 
I had a good rhythm with that. All the dogs got along. They could be out together. Um, I think if I was going to have dogs that were like specifically dedicated to something, like I had, to, I had to work them more. Like I was raising puppies and I had to work them more. Or if I was doing like Schutzend again, I think four is about the max that I could do of the number of dogs that needed my attention all the time. Yep. Um, with the dogs that I have now, I think reasonably I could live with, with the lifestyle that I have, I think reasonably I could live with like 15, but I don't want that many. <laughs> um, so moving forward, a dog doesn't meet my criteria unless it reciprocates the relationship in some way. Um, so when we think about the next dog, we're thinking about, is this dog going to be, you know, we consider, is it going to be a breeding prospect? Um, is it essentially going to pay its own bills? You know, like after a certain amount of effort, is it going to be, um, a dog that can kind of take care of itself financially? Yeah. So that's something I consider. And two, you're... You and Kyle are considering the next dogs together, yes. correct? Yep. Whereas, like, a lot of these dogs were just kind of you. Right. And he had some dogs that were just him. Yep. And now it's both of you. Right. Yep. So our hobbies are kind of converging. Yep. I'm, I'm taking more of an interest in the type of dogs that he wants. I think there will always be a little bit of a struggle of I will want dogs that he, he doesn't necessarily want. Um, and... With the number that we have, we just, it's almost like we can't even entertain that. You know, if it's not a dog that we can both agree on, it's just not a dog that we can have. Right. Um, one of the biggest things about Kyle that I respect is that he knows what he wants and he, he has a goal. Like, he has the end goal in mind. So when he gets a dog, he's not just like, yeah, let's get a dog. He's thinking, like, what is this very dog? Purposeful. Yeah. What is this dog? Who is this dog? Is that the smart choice? Is that the best use of our resources to put into that dog? Um, and so, and I, I respect the crap out of him, so I don't push and beg and nag about... I mean, I definitely, if you ask him, I probably do, but truly at the end of the day, if he says to me... You could nag more. Right, yes. There is more room for nagging. <laughs> but if, at the end of the day, if he says no, I respect that. As, as much of a bummer as it can be, I respect that. So, so we're, we're pretty much at our limit. I think he would prefer that we have fewer dogs than we have. I know that he pref would prefer that we have fewer dogs than we have now. Um, I know that he feels like he doesn't have as many opportunities because I came into the relationship with seven dogs. Yeah. Um, so we've definitely considered downsizing a little bit. It's one of those things like the dogs that are here are significant to me and, and sentimental. I get very sentimental with my dogs and the the three dogs that we hit the four dogs that we have that could be rehomed like they don't really serve any function and not counting brew because he's not I don't consider him my dog he's a foster um but those four dogs Amos, Roxy, Ollie, and Cade it's hard for me to to see them off to a different situation because they've been except for Kate. I mean, I've only had Kate for a couple of years, but I just really like that dog, and I think there's untapped potential there still that I have to get into. Um, I'm not fully satisfied yet with him, just writing him off as a pet dog, um, but with those other three, like those are my OGs. Those are the dogs that started everything for me. Right. Like literally everything that I know started with those dogs. 
And so it's hard for me to imagine them being anywhere else. But I have tossed the idea around in my head because I am not done growing as a dog person yet. Um, there are dogs out there that still have things to teach me. And there's stuff, there's still stuff I want to get into. Like I want my own English setter bad. And I want to learn that side of things. It's a completely different type of dog than I've ever had my hands on before. Yeah. Obviously besides easy, but like the relationship I have with easy is limited because it, I don't extend it past, like he doesn't, he's not my dog. Right. I take care of him every day. I love him. I pay, you know, I pay his vet bills. I pay his food bill. I run him all the time. But as far as training relationship goes, that's not my dog. His success in field trials, I don't get to, I don't feel like I can claim that. Right. Even though people congratulate me too, because I technically own him. Um, actually, I don't. I'm not on his paperwork. But, you know, I take care of him. Yeah. And there's probably my influence in there somewhere. He doesn't feel like my dog. So, um, I want my own English setter eventually that I can kind of fool around with and, and get into the field trial deal. I think the direction that we're headed in will be all English setters and maybe like a couple little random things here and there. Um, so moving forward, as I'm thinking about dogs that we want, I'm thinking, is this dog going to be, you know, functional as far as a breeding prospect goes along with, are they going to be, are they going to do the things that I want them to do? So right now that's English setter and field trial. That's all I have my brain on. Yep. Um, if, it, if it's going to teach me something, if it's going to get me into a hobby, and if it's going to potentially be a breeding prospect are like the main three things. I want to learn shit, and I want to breed the dog eventually. Um, so that's the biggest thing. So I've went in like five million different directions yeah. to your original <laughs> question, but... Um, I think some people are kind of surprised that people that have known me for a while are surprised because I've always said like I got a, when I first put that anonymous thing up on Instagram I got a lot of questions about how come you don't want another German Shepherd mm. yeah um I think I will have another German Shepherd someday I think I'll probably be like 50 like um, way down in the road yeah like because I was gonna ask you know after you, if you get into the field trial thing on your own do you see yourself sticking with that for forever or see yourself getting into something else so yeah. that's like where Way yeah. later, another German Shepherd would come in. Yeah, I think English setters are going to end up being who we are as a couple. Because I do like them. I didn't expect to. I grew up with English setters, actually, which I don't think a lot of people know. Um, I shouldn't say I grew up with them. Like, when I was in, I think I was in junior high when we got our first one. And we had a Llewellyn. Um, that was just a, a reject because he was gun-shy. And my parents scooped him up and he gave my mom a real run for her money. My mom coined the phrase there's no such thing as a free dog after that dog because he gave her such a hard time but that was her hard dog like she she really connected with him um she knew when she got her second one that she had no need for a field bred dog so she got a show line and so she had a, a Llewellyn and a show line English setter when I was in high school and into my mid-20s um and then now she has another show line that's related to her first show line that she had. And then she, her dad had a show line that was her, they had father-daughter dogs. So my mom's dog's dad went to my grandpa. 
when he retired from breeding. So I never thought that English setters were really that cool. Right. I was like, they're kind of pussies. I don't really, <laughs> I'm not like super into this. They're just super soft dogs, whatever. And I'm hooked. I, it didn't take me long to change my mind at all. Um, and Kyle is insanely smart as far as dogs go like he does not somebody one of the guys that we field trial with and and he got the pup one of the puppies that i had a few months ago um that we transported up here and hung on to for a couple of weeks he's an older guy he's been in the field he's been in the field trial game and the english setter game for a while and we were just sitting up here chatting and, and he said it perfectly that kyle knows more than he lets on like he's just he's not super vocal about it but you can tell based on the things he does say, that they, he knows what he's talking about. Right. And he'll never admit it. He's so humble. He <laughs> has so much imposter syndrome. But, like, he obviously knows what he's doing with the track record in his first two years of owning that dog. Um, I foresee Kyle, not necessarily myself, but I foresee Kyle becoming, in the next couple decades, a very well-known setter person. Um, he is, he makes very smart choices already. Um, and so I want to go with that. I want to watch him do that. And I think I could enjoy that. So I think at a certain point we'll end up having all English setters. He has always said we'll have like a random wire hair just cause he does like them. He just doesn't need them as much. And he does waterfowl hunt quite a bit in the, during the season. Um, so he'll always have like a token wire hair. I think I'll always have a Yacht Terrier, and then somewhere down the road, I may want to try Schutzen again. Right now, the two German Shepherds that I have, as much as I love them, they don't meet my standards for what I want out of a dog right now. Um, for Schutzen, for daily life, they're perfect. Yeah. Like I, I like looking at them. I like spending time with them. They help me a ton with my clients. Like I enjoy my day-to-day with those dogs. Like, they're always in my van with me. They're, like, if I can bring them, they're coming. Um, Those are my, like, like, there are no other crates in my van right now except for the crates that hold my German Shepherds because they come everywhere. And so those dogs are are super significant to me just in daily life, but as far as the sport goes, could they do it? Absolutely. Just maybe not as good as you would want to. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like there's so many people participating in Schutzen and and protection sports. It's become extremely popular, I think, in the last five years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an old, like Schutzen is a super old sport, but I feel like it's really just social media has just exploded protection sports. And it's it's also just really popular with like a younger generation, and that so it it was me at one point where I'm like, yeah, badass working dogs, and I'm like, what I consider badass is different now. You know, the things that I, when I look at a dog and I'm like, that's a pretty dope dog, is different than what I originally thought, um, and so I just don't really want to be a part of that kind of culture of, like, yeah, badass working dogs. I just want dogs that are going to be really good, like just. It's such a competitive sport, too, that it's like, to me, I don't, I don't want to walk out on a field and have a mediocre performance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a super competitive person, but if the environment allows me to be, right. I will be. And there's also so many egos in the sport that I just don't like. Like, if I'm going to go out there 
there's no way that I can, I don't think people can fully understand this sometimes when I say it. Because it's not coming from a place of ego entirely. I don't want to subject myself to criticism on something that I'm not super fucking proud of. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to go out on a field and have an okay performance and have, because the sport is so competitive, so full of egos, and so full of catty people, that I don't want to go out there and have people, like, snick, you know, okay, but she, blah, 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 she dropped her yeah. dumbbell, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and, like, yeah. make a whole thing about it yeah. and have me be like, I don't even want to stand by this performance yeah. because it or, was and, mediocre. And you probably are, like, people wanting to criticize you and tell you what you should fix, but you probably already know, like, mm-hmm. in your mind, like... So to me, I want to go out, if I'm going to put all the work into the dog and step out in a situation where people are going to scrutinize me, I at least want to walk away and go, that was exactly what I wanted it to be. Yep. Like my BH performance with Kamikaze, we passed, but it was not the performance that I wanted. I felt like I rushed that decision. I didn't... I didn't mentally prepare for that decision until I decided to trial. It's not like I... Like, I had been really lazy in her training for basically her whole life. And then one day I was like, I'm going to do her BH. And it fell apart exactly the way that you would expect it to. (laughs) You know, like, she did what she was supposed to do, but she didn't look as good as I wanted her to look because her foundation is poor. And that's just first first dog problems. You know, like, your first dog that you get to try something with, like, especially like that, you're just, you're going to fuck it up. That's just how it goes. So I walked away feeling unsatisfied. And I just don't want to do that again. Like, I don't want to put myself through that again unless, like, it's part of it. You know, you're not going to walk out there and, you know, blow people's minds every single time. It's a very challenging sport. You're going to fail. But at least if I saw, like, more potential in the dog, I would be like, okay, that one sucked, but we can hustle and we can get back to it. But the foundation that I put on my first kamikaze is not great, and it is not going to carry me further. I would have to work extremely hard. And I just don't really feel super committed to the sport right now. Biggie has, like, no foundation. <laughs> with Biggie, I, I went with the, like, no training is better than bad training. And it worked that he's essentially a, a, a raw product, right? Like, he still has room to be molded into what he could be. We're, lose, we're closing in on that window as he gets closer to three um, at a certain point, but he also just, he just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have the drive. And so both those dogs, could they get a three, a club level three? Maybe if I wanted to work really hard, but the potential isn't there enough that it's exciting to me to motivate me to do it. Yeah. And it's such a challenging sport that I don't think I would get. And I envy, honestly, I envy the people that are like, well, I'm going to just do it because I love my dog. You know, I just want to be out there with my dog. But I don't love the sport enough to yeah. do that yeah. right now. But, and I'm still, I'm caught up in there. There's some just other personal stuff that made it hard for me to want to be in that environment and around those people. Yeah. Um, but I feel like later, with a little bit more time, after I've done the things that I want to do right now, yep. I would to like it. to circle back because I would like to have that experience. Like, I love, excuse me. I love the German Shepherd breed a lot, and I have met some dogs in the last two years and some people in the last two years that I think could give me exactly what I want, and it wouldn't be hard for me to get that. So it is kind of exciting about, like, okay, what you're looking for is accessible to you. Like, you could, if 
I wanted to, and if Kyle was on board, I could get that dog and I could do that thing. Like, I'm in a place in my life where I technically could. But there's just other stuff that I want to do now that would be easier for me to do now. Yep. And I can come back to it. And when I trained with Stefan for the last couple years when he lived here, there were a lot of women that were maybe 50-ish that just had, like, kick-ass dogs they were maybe they were a little bit older I think some of them were retired and so they just had like that's all they did they just were like super fucking badass really sm like just bombshells yep that I could be I could come back and like at, at that age you like you don't give a fuck about anything else right you're not in the Facebook groups you're not hearing yep. what people say yeah you know you have the right dog because you've been in it enough because you you know you have a different perspective and I think I would enjoy it so much if I did it that way. So, we'll see. But, like, right now, we in the next couple of years, I'd like to start a family. So, my yeah. decisions about dogs changes when I think about that. I don't want to be starting a German Shepherd now. And then, have like, to me, I would rather, if I was going to get a German Shepherd and, and dedicate myself to Schutzen again I would need like five years and just get it all done and then have kids yeah because it, there's no good point to stop training a dog for Schutzen it's such a complicated sport that you right. literally have to do it multiple times a week to be super successful and so if I had a baby in the middle of all that it would be hard so I feel like it's gonna have to be a later thing but I still love German Shepherds. I also just think that it's getting harder and harder to find the kind of German Shepherd that I want. And so I have to be ready to sort through like really a do couple dogs. Research, yeah. And like I know I know who I would buy a dog from, but it might take me a couple dogs to find the right dog. But also my, my tune is changing. Like when I got Kamikaze, I got exactly what I asked for. She's a great dog. She's like perfect for what I use her for. With Biggie, I wanted more. And I thought I wanted more aggression, more possession, more intensity. It ended up not happening in that package. But now it's like, I kind of don't like living with dogs that, like I'll, I still appreciate a dog that has the heart and the confidence to, st to stay in a fight, but Man, I tell you, when you put a water bowl down and you have to, like, direct traffic so that a fight doesn't happen over water. Yeah. That takes a That's toll. That's exhausting. Yeah. At a certain point, yeah. you're like, like, Cash and Easy both went in for a water bowl at one point, and there was no issue at all. Like, not an ounce of issue. And I was like, hey, that's kind of nice. I kind of, I want more of that. Yeah. So. So do you think in the future, like, when you do have, you're getting new dogs, not the dogs you have now? you want them to all be able to exist together or you're fine kind of how it is now like doing the crate and rotate like having groups so you get out together or do you wish in the future they all just can exist I would like the majority of my dogs to get along yeah but I'm okay with like a random outlier here yeah. or there um you know like it I wouldn't be upset if I had a, another yak terrier in the future that couldn't hang out with the other English or with the English setters right. though that would be a strange situation but say I get a female yak terrier and it doesn't like other female dogs and so it has you know or maybe one of our setters is just like a little bit more bitchy than 
than easy is, then, you know, that's fine. I can live with that. But, like, if my yak terrier can't hang with my other yak terrier, then I don't want that dog. Yeah. Because the only reason why I would get another yak terrier is to do shit together. Together, yeah. Um, and same, like, if I had a German Shepherd that didn't get along with the English setters and the yak terriers, that'd be fine. Right. We can, I can handle that. Um, all of my dogs, for the most part, I don't worry about them, like, hating each other so much that they're going to break out of containment to get to each other. Yeah. If the moment arises, they'll take it, but they're not going to sit there and, like, I mean, like, if I kenneled Kamikaze and Bauer right next to each other, they would spend the entire day screaming death threats at each other. <laughs> but if those kennel doors are shut, that's all they're going to do. You know, they're not, yeah. it does not cross their minds, like, I could chew my way out of this crate yes. and get into that yeah. crate and kill that dog. Yeah. Um, and so that is huge. If I had dogs like that, like one time someone got mad at me on Instagram a long time ago when I got Bauer because for a while I thought Bauer was like hard pass on all dogs forever. Like I considered him dog aggressive and I don't consider him that now, but, um, they were like, one time you said that you would never live with a dog that was dog aggressive and now you have this dog. And I'm like, listen, there's a difference. 60 pound dog aggressive like I had a dog that was yeah. 60 pounds ripped super fucking strong and she tried to kill kamikaze and I put her down I don't want that I'm not put, I don't want to live with that um that's a fight that I don't want to worry about if I forget a gate open right or whatever or if you know god forbid something happens and they get out and I'm not home like a dog would be dead Bowers 19 pounds would Bauer stay in a fight until he died? 100%. I don't think Kamikaze is going to kill him. Um, I also don't ever expect him to be in that situation. But with those dogs, like, if management fails. Like, we've had times where one of us accidentally leaves a, the door open and forgets that I have a dog out and Biggie and Bauer have interacted. And it's like a... You just grab them each by the collar, you pull them apart, you right. hand Bauer off to the other person, and you're good, right. Right. you know? So It's easy to do when one of them is small. Yes. And I just have the right temperaments, that nobody's, like, really trying to kill each other. Um, so I'm okay with crate and rotate as long as I have dogs like that. But if, I, if there is an inkling or if there's a, a fear that these dogs will literally not break up a fight, if they act, because the thing is, management will always fail. In a crate and rotate situation, somebody is going to get to somebody else at some point in 15 years of life. Yeah, for sure. And so, to me, it's like, how bad is it going to be when that happens? Yeah. Not if that happens, but when, when that happens. Yeah. You do your best every day. I've been crating, crating and rotating for years, and I don't fuck up. And I had one day, luckily nothing bad happened, but I had one day that I literally just opened all the kennels and let all the dogs out. And I wasn't distracted. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't, like, I just walked downstairs, opened all the doors, and I'm standing down there like, what the fuck? All the dogs are out. And I hustled up there, grabbed them, put them away. Nothing bad happened because I, I caught it so quick. But management will fail. And to me, it's like, well, how bad will it be? And so, like, I know at some point in my life, Kamikaze and Bauer are probably going to cross paths again. It's been years <laughs> since they've seen each other. It's probably been three years since they've seen each or not seen each other, but been free together. But, well, on accident. There have been times where I have had Kamikaze in a heel and I'm holding Bauer 
and I can do that. That that's huge that 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 they can do that and they hate each other's guts. Like Kazi <laughs> can't even see him go past her kennel without losing her mind. He just vibrates on a lo- level she does not like. Um, <laughs> but I know like if they go at it and I can get there and I'm present, no one's gonna go. No one's gonna die. Yeah. I've had a f- my fair share of scuffles and I've only ever had to take with the dogs that I have right now. I've only had to take a dog to the vet once for like one stitch. And it was like a, I could heal this on my own, but the next day it was looking a little puffy and it was warm and my vet is my best friend. So I just was like, I'm coming in so you can stitch my dog up. Um, Other than that, I've never, except for the one with seven and kamikaze, no dogs have had to go to the vet. So um, I don't mind a little bit of crate and rotate. And I think in the future, our lives will be set up better for that anyways um but no it would be nice if like the majority of the dogs could just be turned loose with each other what would like your ideal living situation be having that many dogs like Mm. what do you want your setup to be like i want indoor outdoor runs with guillotine style doors so that anybody can come and take care of my dogs because they don't have to interact with them because i have like most of my dogs are friendly with people but like, Kyle has a 12-year-old nephew that is fully capable of feeding dogs and picking up poop. And we could pay him to take care of our dogs, and it would just be easier because he's a 12-year-old child. It would be easier if he didn't have to interact with them, yeah, right? Sure. Like, the responsibility of dogs being loose is a little bit too much. Nine dogs being loose is a little too much for a 12-year-old. Yeah, sure. But if I had the guillotine-style doors, so that means the the mechanisms to open and close the doors on the outside of the kennel. So there's a pulley system and you can, you know, all you'd have to do is go outside, put some food down, shut that gate, go inside. The dog goes over to eat the food. You shut the door behind them. Then you can get into one side of the kennel, right? Clean it out, freshen it up, put down the rest of their meal, fill their waters, whatever they're secured on the other side. Then you just do the reverse, go clean the other side, whatever, whatever. Um, and the other piece of that would be nice that we could house dogs that for boarding that are more aggressive because I wouldn't have to interact with them. That's a goal of mine is that I would like to at least have a couple kennels that are super solid, that people who have dogs that are super dangerous, that otherwise live with them fine, but like they cannot go on vacation because they can't trust it or they can't trust their own dog to be watched by somebody else they can send their dogs there and the dog will be safe and secure um so that's a goal I want um that's the main thing I just want more space for my dogs in their day-to-day like I would like to get my dogs out of crates in their day-to-day yeah I think they would be happier like that and I would be happier um and then the setup would be much more much easier for people to come and take care of them if we needed to leave. That's probably like the biggest, it's not so bad anymore, but that used to be the biggest thing is like, I literally cannot leave. I can't spend the night anywhere. I can't. And like if we had indoor outdoor runs and and the space was secured and I didn't have to worry about the dogs getting out or people coming in, um, we could go on like, you know, Kyle's cousin got married in Duluth a couple months ago. And we would have had to schedule or hire a dog sitter for one night um, so that we didn't have to drive 
a couple hours home right. after the wedding. We could have just stayed up there and, and been in Duluth for the weekend. And one overnight with indoor-outdoor runs would be safe for my dogs. That's the goal. Um, and just getting them more space to stretch out a little bit throughout the day. That's all I really want. What are like some luxuries you would like to have though? Oh, one thing that, that would is, make your life easier with that many dogs. One thing that is technically a luxury, I mean, it's all a luxury, but technically you could consider it a, a want and not a need would be a grooming tub mm, yeah. in the dog building yeah. so that I don't have to bring them into my house in the winter. No dogs in the house would be ideal. Yeah. Like that's where I'm at. Some one of our friends was like, talk about how you clean up after dogs. I'd rather just not. <laughs> like, I would rather um, have no dogs in the house that I could have whatever bedding I wanted, and I wouldn't have to worry about it getting covered in dog hair. Yeah. My couches wouldn't get all gross. My house wouldn't. My car. I, I don't like carpet anyways, but I would have rugs, and it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Um, I just don't. My I only have a few dogs in the house right now. And it's okay. Aside from the mess, it's okay. The peace is nice of having fewer dogs in the house. But when I lived in the city and had all the dogs, plus all my client dogs, plus I was working, like overworking myself with client dogs because it was COVID and nobody was doing private lessons or group classes. So all I could get was boarding and board and train. At one point I was in the city and I had 18 dogs in my house. And I had nine downstairs and nine upstairs. And if I so much creaked a floorboard, one of them at least would wake up. Right, yeah. And you could just hear them be like, oh, is something happening? And then you're on edge. Right. And my dogs are great in their crates, but if they think shit's going to happen, they're going to bark. And they're going to be loud. And... I like to be able to move about my house more freely, freely without yeah. my dogs being like, are we going somewhere? Like not Is something happening? Going, yeah. Um, so that's a huge goal is that the dogs never even have to step foot in the house. Um, especially if they have like, an, like God forbid they have diarrhea and I need to hose them off. I don't want to have to bring them all the way into my house. To and in it. Minnesota, you can only bathe dogs outside like two months out of the year. So... Luckily, Kyle is, by trade, is a plumber. He doesn't work as a plumber right now. He works in water and sewer, but he doesn't work as, like, a small, small-scale plumber. But he, that's what he went to school for. So he can do, I remember one time I asked him when we first started dating, like, hey, when we have a dog building, can I have a grooming tub? And he was like, and laundry. I want la separate laundry for my dogs. Yeah. I said, like, can I have that? And he was like, I'm a plumber. You can have whatever you want. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my god, I can have a washing machine, I can have a dryer, I can have a grooming tub, I can have hoses come down straight into water buckets if I wanted, I can have a power washing system with drains in the floor so I can just hose out all their kennels, I don't have to mop anything. The possibilities are endless. Really, and we know like out here, I would bet that like Basically, every dude that Kyle went to high school with is a blue-collar worker. And so if we need a guy for concrete, we got a guy. Yeah. If we need a guy for siding, we got a guy. Yeah. Insulation, <laughs> drywall, got a guy. Paint, got a guy. 
So like literally everything that I could ever want in a, a dog building is accessible to me as long as we can pay for it and we can. So it's when, pretty exciting. When do you think that will happen? When hopefully in the next couple months. Months? So we hopefully will be moving this fall. It'll take some time. There is a, a pole barn on the property. Um, it'll take some time to get it set up right. Hopefully we can get it at least comfortable for winter is the goal. But I'm finding that it's a lot easier to keep dogs warm in the winter than it is, than it is to keep them cool. Yeah. Um, so, and I think a little bit safer too. Um, but I think it would be pretty easy to get the pole barn insulated. They might not be in runs the way I want them to. I don't know if I'll get to do indoor outdoor runs in the place where we're living, where we're going to be living. It's possible that place is temporary. Um, we have a, a place that we would prefer to be, but this is a really great opportunity to move into this house and it has what we want. But even if I had a spot just to do bigger kennels, and then I had a separate bank of outdoor kennels. I would be yeah. happy with that for now. Um, and really, I just like, I want to walk out my front door with a cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't want to have to wash my face and brush my teeth and do my hair in order to go out into the world with my dogs. I literally just want to like, it's 7 a.m. I got to run my dogs, walk out the front door. Boom. We're running dogs now. Like, we're on a property where we are exercising the dogs. Yep. Just have to open kennel doors and go, and then I can come home and get ready. But, like, nowadays, if I want to run the dogs, I have to drive up to the farm. And usually I just have a quick trip on the way, so I at least have to be <laughs> semi-decent to do that. But running dogs in my PJs sounds awesome. In a super ideal world, I'd have like five acres roughly fenced in. So I yeah, really gosh. didn't have to worry about my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'll always, I think we'll always have this number of dogs. I think the direction that we're heading in, we're always going to have this number. I think at a certain point, most of them are going to be English setters. But it's our main thing. Like it is our biggest hobby between the two of us. That's what we are the most passionate about. It's what we talk about most often is the dogs and the friends that we have are all dog people like we don't really do anything together as a couple that doesn't involve the dogs yeah. in some way um you know whether it's maybe we have a, a night where we're not going anywhere with the dogs but the people we're hanging out with are our dog people friends yeah. so i think we'll always have this number of dogs um I think I'll be cleaning kennels with babies on my back. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, even this many dogs with a baby? Yep. I'll be running. I'll be in the woods. I'll be tracking behind Bauer <laughs> with a baby on my, on my uh, back, getting smacked in the face <laughs> by tree limbs. You have to wear a helmet and, and I'll put Rex specs on the baby. Hey, that could work. But... I think overall, I think, I think about it quite a bit. I don't know what else I would do with my life if I didn't have this many dogs. Like, I don't know who I would be if I didn't have these dogs. You've settled into it well. And... Yeah. It's been, I mean, I've had, I've had over three dogs since 2017, I think. 2016 is when I got my third dog. And to January 1st, 2017, I had four dogs. So... I've been, 
I remember, though, when I got my third dog, I was like, this is the defining moment between a normal dog person and a crazy dog person. <laughs> when you got your third dog? My third dog. And then it happened again at my sixth dog, but that's because it was Bauer. So there was a little piece of me that was like, yeah. can I handle this caliber of dog? Right. Now I can't imagine. I don't know who. I do not know who I would be if I never got that dog. I can't imagine that I would know. I wouldn't know half the things that I know if I didn't have that dog. Um, but sixth and then eight when I got seven, no, when I got Biggie, seven was obviously my seventh dog. Um, when I got Biggie, that was my eighth dog. And that was like, okay. I have a lot of That's dogs. That's a lot of dogs. That is a lot of dogs. And then seven was gone. Then I got Cash. And then we got Easy, and that's how we ended up with nine now. So I've had three dogs that are not here. But right you feel now. more comfortable with the number nine because of the living situation with them now. It's just like you, when you were living in the cities, the large, the number seemed larger, even when it wasn't, because like you didn't necessarily. I don't think when I lived in the cities, I was naive in thinking like that's a large number of dogs because right. I just wanted dogs. You know, like yeah. now, nowadays. I think if I had this, if you took me and put me back, but I still maintained all the knowledge that I have now, I'd be like, fuck, this is a lot of dogs. This is like, yeah. this is, un, I'm unhappy. And the thing is like, getting the dogs out of my house, I never expected that to even be, like I had never been in a situation where I could do that before, where my dogs could live outside. So it having that peace and feeling what it's like to only really have a couple of dogs in the house that changed everything for me too and put things in perspective when I was in the chaos and I had to be in the chaos I adapted to the chaos and I I survived you know but being in this situation where I I have felt what it's like to essentially have fewer dogs now I have better perspective. So when I was in the city, I just didn't know how hard it was. And I was just rolling with it because my my desire to have the dogs that were presented to me was stronger right. then than it is now. Like nowadays, I can I can turn down a, a dog that's a really great opportunity because I, I value my peace more than that dog. Um, and the dog has to be like truly phenomenal like the best opportunity for us to have us really like consider consider it it now but we I mean we have one slot you know like we have one shot for this next dog for a while and that could change when we we do get we move and we settle into a different kind of rhythm there's a chance that changes if you ask Kyle it's not going to but (laughs) The thing is, I do all the day-to-day. Right. So, to me, it's like one or two more is not the end of the world. Um, but I also respect that he has a a certain number. And honestly, I don't want to tell people that I have 15 dogs. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, the people I know that have that many dogs, like I have a friend in New Mexico that has a shit ton of dogs. And I seriously do not even know the number of dogs that he owns. That's how many dogs he has. Well, and they're not even all with him all the time. Like, he sends them to hunt with... He has hunting dogs and 
So he'll send his dogs away to other people and friends to go hunt with or go be bred. So the number that he has in his house at any given moment is a big question mark. But recently he got like maybe two puppies. I don't know. I could ask him. Like, can you give me a a list of all the dogs that you pay for? Like, who do you pay a food bill for? (laughs) And he could tell me. But most of the people that have that many dogs, you don't even talk about how many dogs you have. Because you just, no one understands. No one gets it. People think I'm crazy because I have three dogs. Right. (laughs) So. Right. It's all about the people that you talk to. Yep. But at this point, like, it's funny to think about back in the day when I was like, someday I'll be a real dog person because I finally feel like I'm a real dog person. And my, my attitude towards dogs has changed so drastically that it's like, oh, this is not the real dog person kind of vibe that I thought I was going to have. <laughs> but it's the right, it's the right kind of deal. But yeah, when people come to me and they're like, oh, man. Your life is goals. I'm like, no, mm-mm. you don't want this. Let me tell you. Yeah, so that actually leads me, and let's, let's make this the last question. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend your average person having this many dogs? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's. I would agree. <laughs> unless you're, like, super into something, you know? Right, like, that's what I was going to say, because, like, but you were into dog stuff, so, like, yeah. you have, and even your dogs, you don't have a specific goal for that you do a specific thing with. You still have enough knowledge that their life right. is fulfilled. Right. But a person that just likes dogs just for the sake of having them yeah, no. probably doesn't need that many. There's definitely no reason to have this many pet dogs. There's definitely no reason to even have the number of pet dogs that I have if you ask a lot of the people that I hang out with. But I also just don't even think I, – I don't know why, like I mentioned earlier, it seems like disc people have a shit ton of dogs. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I think it – I think – I don't know, the way that their trials are set up, it might just be easier to run multiple dogs and it might just be easier to train that many dogs. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's easier to have, you know, it'd be easier for us to have a lot of setters because the training that goes into those dogs is, is you do have to do it, but it is nothing like a lot of the other dog sports that people participate in. Um. There, I don't think there's anything, unless you're, like, running hounds in the woods or have an actual sled dog team, I don't know if there's really anything that you need a shit ton of dogs for. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, like, one of the things people will say with blood tracking, when people talk about getting another dog for tracking, the people who have been in it for a while will say, if you get another dog before your current dog is ready to retire, you'll never meet the full potential of both dogs. Right. Because you're constantly going to be choosing which dog do I pull out of the truck. And I think that goes for a lot of different types of sports. You know, even bird hunting. You can't run all your bird dogs at the same time. That's impractical. You can't, you can't have six point setters on point. Right. You can't get there. Right. Unless right. you're hunting with six dudes, but that's dangerous. Right. Um, so there's, it's just not practical to have that many dogs in one things so then you're like okay I have to decide who am I getting out who gets to experience today and who gets to you know every time you get out and get your bird dog on wild birds they're training so who gets trained today or do I have to do this three times but by the time I walk through here the third time the birds are gone so is it really worth it right so I just don't think that it's practical really for anybody to have this number of dogs unless you're breeding 
or you have like you know yeah in, breeding I think is an exception in sure. setters it's common for there to be like pro handlers who it's kind of like horses where you could buy a dog invest into that puppy send it off to a trainer you basically pay 500 some dollars a month for this dog to live with the trainer and you never see that dog again and unless you happen to be in the same area when that dog's trialing, you know, come see how your dog's doing. But that, that handler is that dog's primary owner, but that's not their dog. They're just getting a paycheck to train and campaign that dog. And then the benefit is if that dog does super well, then the owner gets to make money off of the breedings. So that obviously is a reason to have a shit ton of dogs around, but yeah. those are client dogs. You know, that's your right. job. Right. And those people, like, all they do all fucking day is put birds up for dogs and run dogs that's it because that's their job but if it's just your hobby there's i just cannot think of a reason to have this many dogs and it's not practical to be in too many different types of sports that require you to have too many different types of dogs like people sometimes will say like what's a breed that you don't have or that you haven't had yet that you want? I'm like, I literally cannot fathom owning anything else because I'm already into three very different types of things. Right. So I can't imagine there's nothing else out there that I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on. Um, and all of these things that I'm into are like full blown lifestyles. It's not just like, I want to dabble in rally. I want to dabble in AKC obedience. I want to dabble in agility. I want to like, I want to do all of the things to their full degree. So I get the dogs that are going to do well with that. Yeah. Cool beans. I have to pee, so we got to end. <laughs> and I need to leave soon. I have to leave in 10 minutes. We nailed it. Perfect timing. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Thank you again for listening. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at in the woods with dogs.